Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2 Super Bowl edition. <laughs> this is where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right, John Hancock. Happy Super Sunday. On the left, Michael Kelly. Hey, good morning. And I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda this morning, St. Louis's top cop heads to Jefferson City to fight a state takeover of the city police department. There's another viral video of another Missouri Republican breaking out a flamethrower. Both Republicans and Democrats lament our do-nothing Congress from border security to aid for Israel and Ukraine to impeaching a cabinet secretary. In our quote of the week, a local congresswoman calls into question President Biden's memory and also calls for his resignation. Plus, there's a new Democrat candidate for Congress from St. Louis. On this Super Bowl Sunday, St. Louis Aldermanic President Megan Green says people have spoken and they want to spend NFL settlement money for city pay raises, among other things. And should Missouri and Illinois follow Michigan's lead in sending parents to prison for the crimes of their children? We begin with a showdown over a state takeover of the St. Louis Police Department. State Reps Brad Christ from St. Louis County and Lakeisha Bosley from the city clashed over the idea. Christ is pushing a bill for state control. Have you ever been um, elected in the city of St. Louis? No. Okay. Um, am I or have I ever been elected by citizens of the city of St. Louis? Yes. Okay, so why are you carrying a bill directly affecting the city of St. Louis when you have your own constituency that you need to worry about? Because your problems in the city of St. Louis has affected my neighborhood How? and affected the whole state. St. Louis Police Chief Robert Tracy testified against House Bill 1481 during a committee hearing Thursday. Under the bill, four city residents appointed by the governor would join the mayor on a police board to govern the department. A return to the way the department was governed until about 10 years ago. It was a holdover from Civil War days. The arguments for state control now, the mayor and chief have failed to address low pay for officers, low morale, record low staffing, leading to slow or no police response. City neighborhoods are now hiring their own police to fight crime. Where do you fall on state control and why, John? Well, I think maybe this is an opportunity for the state legislature to set some standards and say, if the St. Louis Police Department doesn't achieve X number of officers, if the murder rate doesn't hit X percent, then it has a trigger for state control. I don't know that state control right now in and of itself is the answer, but I think it's, it's a stick out there uh, that could be used to make the city make the changes it needs to make. Should it either be good or not good? You know, either it's the right thing to do or not the right thing to do. Well, the current crime situation in the St. Louis region as a whole is not good, and that's part of the reason this whole conversation's coming up. I think police departments ought to be under the control of the cities that they're in. People who are closest, closest to it should be able to elect the leaders who are running it. But 
the problems we've had with policing recently uh, and the lack of policing are causing these conversations to happen. It's encouraging that the police chief showed up in Jefferson City uh, and is making that case. Uh, and I think what we're watching now is the city of St. Louis is on notice. We've got to start to fix and address these problems in the city or the state's going to take their big arm and come after us. Remember a year ago we had the legislature and the attorney general pushing to get rid of Kim Gardner right. and state control. They were like twin issues. Yep. Uh, Kim Gardner's gone. Gabe Gore is in as a, a circuit attorney and people are getting prosecuted for crimes. I thought police or control of the police department maybe went away, but it hasn't. Well, that was a deal. So the, the, the deal was last year that if Gardner would go, the legislature would drop the state control of the police department. That was the, the deal that was, well, that deal's over and done with. Uh, and there's precedent. When, when the St. Louis school district failed, the state came in and took over. Uh, when the city of Detroit failed in Michigan, the state came in and ran the city. And I think, but for the federal funds sitting around in City Hall right now, uh, there's a reasonable chance the city would be, you know, bankrupt and the state will have to take it over. And that may come at some point. I just think this police situation is one that we ought to seize as an opportunity because state control is a, well, that's a big move. Let's set some standards. Let's see if they meet them. And if they meet them, they can run their department. But it's not dead. No, it's you not I mean? dead. This could happen. Well, there's, then the, the police department, uh, the union itself is pushing for this effort right. to do it. Uh, and so that's going to have some merit, with, particularly with the Republicans in Jefferson City. The fact that the police chief is being out front and center on this, I think, is a positive step in the right direction. And I think he ought to take that same attitude he took to Jefferson City to St. Louis and be uh, held accountable by folks like yourself, Andy, who are out there asking a lot of the questions that are causing this whole conversation. St. Louis Aldermanic President Megan Green's push for public feedback on how to spend the city's NFL settlement money has failed to draw much of a response. Only about 12,000 people participated in the online survey, presenting 20 options critics say weren't very good options. The top four vote-getters for spending more than a quarter of a billion dollars are replacement of city water mains, traffic calming measures like roundabouts and larger sidewalks, pay raises for city workers, and free childcare for city residents. Do any of these sound like equalizers for the loss of St. Louis's NFL football team, Michael Kelly? No, but I'm not sure that we have much depth of thought when it comes to the ideas that are out there. Uh, all those are fine, although I don't get the, the you know, some of it. Uh, the reality is, is the number one issue we need to be dealing with is crime. And there was nothing in the survey that was uh, focused on crime. That was by design. Uh, the president of the Board of Aldermen, who put this thing out, wants to defund the police department. She said that in the past. So, look, these are all, I guess, steps in the right direction. It's amazing that it's, what, four or five years later, we still haven't spent the dollar of this, and we're still the most dangerous city in the country. The mayor wants to kind of leave it there, maybe spend the interest, but let it keep earning money and don't touch it until we got something, you know, we for sure want to do with it. Yeah. Uh, look, this is like voting for the Cardinals Hall of Fame, you know? You get online and you vote, and then you wait five minutes, you vote, you clear your cookies, Andy, and you vote again. Here, let me tell you what happened here. City employees, between the hours of 9 o'clock in the morning and 5 o'clock in the afternoon, probably voted six, seven, eight hundred times <laughs> for 
pay. Who's going to vote for pay raises for bureaucrats and politicians? I think Nobody. They, they gave every sign in 20 separate votes or something. Well, yeah, well, I guarantee you. But I guess you could create a bunch of different. Everybody that works for the city of St. Well, Louis and their relatives and their next door neighbors, if they like them, and who listen, are voting if, for if pay this raises. This is how we're going to do democracy now is by a, a survey monkey that we send out to people. <laughs> uh, then let's put the full complement of what people are concerned about, which they left out crime, Andy. One of the hottest 2024 political campaigns just got hotter. It's time to have a conversation about effective public service for our country. And that's why I'm running for Congress. That is Democrat Maria Chappelle Nadal. She's running against two-term St. Louis Congresswoman Cori Bush. Chappelle Nadal, a former state rep and state senator, joined St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell in challenging Bush, who was under federal investigation for using campaign money to pay her husband more than $100,000 for personal security. Michael, what's the impact of? I don't think there's much. Um, Maria Chappelle Nadell is a person who has been alienated by the own Democratic Party. She did nothing but go after Jay Nixon. She alienated her own constituencies. Nobody on the right seems to want to work with her. She's hopping into this race after she picked a fight with the, pre the county council chairman, Retta Days. Uh, I think this is just a person who's trying to be relevant, and I think she's going to quickly realize how irrelevant she is. Any impact? I mean, could she take more from Cori Bush than Wesley Bell? Is I wouldn't think so. Horse? I would think Bush's support with all of the you know, radical progressives is probably pretty solid and, and deep. Uh, Wesley Bell's going to have the money. Chappelle Nadell's not going to raise any money. Uh, so it's going to be a two-horse race, I think. Another St. Louis area Republican breaks out a flamethrower. 24-year-old Valentina Gomez posted this viral video on social media. She's burning what she calls grooming books found in Missouri libraries. Books, she says, that sexualize children. She says she's running for Missouri Secretary of State. In September, State Senators Bill Eigel and Nick Schroer of St. Charles County used flamethrowers to burn stacks of boxes at a Republican fundraiser. Viral social media posts falsely accuse them of actually burning books. John, is the GOP the flamethrower party? Should we change the elephant and put flames coming out of the trunk? Uh, no, <laughs> but, the, you know, I don't think, well, I mean, it's a stunt. It did go viral, which tells you something about the state of our culture. Uh, but, you know, 24-year-old candidate for Secretary of State, <laughs> sounds like me uh, back in the day. But I wasn't burning stuff up. Now, I, I don't think she's a serious contender. Well, she, you're right about that. She's not serious, and neither is the Republican Party. And why is that? Because this is the same thing that Eric Greitens did, and it's the same thing that Bill Eigel did. And now it's the same thing this 24-year-old's going to do. She's going to get attention. The Republican Party, which is not putting up serious candidates, is going to give her uh, some support. Well, now, and I think she could be a real problem. We've got substantial candidates uh, for all of these offices. Apparently the ones who run around and throw flame flowers. But They're at the end of the day, the people who are trying to get rid of books are never the good guys in history, Hancock. Up next, our quote of the week, as Joe Biden's mental fitness is now the central issue in the presidential campaign, after he is cleared, sort of, in the case against his, or of his mishandling of classified documents. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. The special counsel investigating President Biden's mishandling of classified documents passes on filing criminal charges against him, but paints a damning portrait of his mental fitness. 
The report cites two days of interviews with the president, during which he struggled to remember things like the year he became vice president under President Obama, and also the year his son, Beau, died from cancer. There's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. The report included photos of documents in a flimsy open cardboard box in the garage of Biden's Delaware home. The report says he willfully kept classified material related to the 2009 Afghanistan troop surge while he was vice president and that he illegally shared classified material with the ghostwriter of his memoir. Nonetheless, the report says jurors could well conclude that Mr. Biden's actions were not intentional and be sympathetic to him as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Republicans have pounced. In our quote of the week, Illinois Congresswoman Mary Miller, who represents part of the St. Louis area and is a fervent Donald Trump supporter, goes so far as to say, for the safety as our, of our nation, Joe Biden must resign from office. Joe Biden could not remember when he was vice president or basic facts about his life. Michael, during the president's brief remarks and Q&A with the press after the report, he again seemed to struggle to find words. Yep. He misspoke. And it seemed to be on full display. Yeah, it's a lot to tackle here. Number one, the, the main thing we heard is that the president's not going to be charged uh, with any crime. And I think that's positive. It's quite different than what we saw with Donald Trump. Number two, the report that came out had no redactions. I don't think there's another White House that would have taken the step that the Biden administration did of full transparency. Number three, it put in the spotlight the tact that Donald Trump and many of us witness on a daily basis as it relates to President Biden. We've all watched over the last several years. This isn't the same human being that we saw when he first came onto the political, uh, national political spectrum. We have a real problem inside the Democratic Party. Um, this is not going to get much better. Uh, Joe Biden has some serious issues and it's permeating not only with Republicans but with Democrats. If Democrats are making the case that Donald Trump is such a threat to democracy, then we owe it to voters to make sure we have an alternative that doesn't leave so many questions in the lurch. And unfortunately, the week the vice president by or the, the week that President Biden has had has only perpetuated that narrative, and some might even say validated it for the Trump campaign. He didn't say gratuitous, but most Democrats are. Was this? report just too gratuitous and unfair he interviewed the guy. job the vice president called it he interviewed the guy this is what happened it's in a report it's a 300 page report you report in a report what have i been saying for months here andy that joe biden will not be the democrat nominee ding 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 in fact we may have even marked the tape and i'm, I'm telling you <laughs> as i sit here today if the Democrats allow Mr. Tudball, remember Mr. Tudball from the old Carol Burnett? If they allow Mr. Tudball to run for re-election, they're going to lose. And I think they know that. We see it. We know it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. There's going to be more of these events and occurrences over and over again. And if they don't replace him, they're going to lose the White House. And I think they are going to and, replace him. And John's glee here is reflective of the problem that the Democrats have. They have an insurrectionist. A person who's indicted on 90 felony counts that is the standard bearer for their party. This should be a no-brainer election and likely will be. But we can't be putting this 
into question. This needs to be dealt with and addressed. And I think the president further hurt his effort with that press conference the other day. And the thing that Democrats have to get through our head is this is not going away. It's going to continue to get worse. Speaking of the insurrection case, uh, Donald Trump lost in court on his immunity claim. Yeah. Um, he's also claiming that given the decision not to prosecute Joe Biden over federal documents, he should not be prosecuted for his federal documents. Well, you got two different boxes found in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I mean, in, in, to be fair, you, you got two completely different fact sets here. Uh, in Trump's case, he had hundreds of these things. He knew that he had them. Uh, he had them moved around when the folks were coming to find them. Uh, he's, you know, the obstruction issue with Donald Trump is fundamentally different than, than what Biden has. What about it? If you can't well, prosecute Joe Biden, can you prosecute Donald Trump over Well, documents? it's completely separate issues, like John says. I mean, the real issue that Donald Trump has is that he defied that subpoena. If any of us divided a, defied a subpoena, we'd be sitting in jail right now. He's not sitting in jail because he's a former president, but he is going to be held accountable for defining that subpoena. President Biden didn't do that. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, Congress facing huge issues, but getting nothing done on any of them. And the mother of a high school mass shooter going to prison for her son's crimes. Congressional dysfunction was on full display over the past week. House Republicans fell just short in their effort to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. A Democrat congressman rushed from a hospital after a surgery to cast one of the deciding votes. A Senate compromise bill on enhanced security measures to address the migrant crisis at the southern border, plus billions in military aid for Israel and Ukraine, failed. John, Republicans demanded Israel, Ukraine, and the border all be cobbled together, and then they turned their noses up. Well, Donald Trump weighed in. He said he didn't want it, and Republicans did what he wanted. Now, that uh, sounds like Michael, but you'd think that's... Well, that's it's what, what happened. happened. It's what happened, and, uh, and that's their prerogative to do so. The biggest concern I have in all of them, the border's a huge issue, and it's a shame because we'll never get to this place again on the border. The, the, the policy uh, recommendations in that bill, the prescriptions in that bill, we'll never see that again, I don't think. Uh, the aid to Ukraine is hanging in the balance. This would be a cataclysmic mistake of U.S. foreign policy to cede Ukraine to Russia, and we'll rue the day we do that. Yep. You but blame Republicans? I, the Democrats have control of the Senate. Right? No, Just but barely? It, this is all about the House. The Democrats can pass stuff. The Republicans can't. And what, we, what I hope this is going to be reflective of is a reminder of what the four years of Donald Trump was like. It was chaos and frenzy. Now he's got control of his caucus. What is happening? Chaos and frenzy. America doesn't want four more years of chaos and frenzy. Finally, big news from Michigan on an issue we've discussed before. It may have implications on the way mass shootings are prosecuted in Missouri and Illinois. Jennifer Crumbly became the first parent to be held criminally responsible for a child carrying out a mass shooting. She was just convicted of four counts of involuntary manslaughter, faces a sentence of up to 15 years per count. In 2021, her son, who was age 15 at the time, shot and killed four students at Oxford High School. The father who bought the gun with his son four days before the murders is awaiting trial. Is this what it's going to take 
to maybe do something about mass shootings since guns seem to be Well, that's just it. I mean, since we're never going to deal with the gun and we're never going to deal with the weapons of war that we are saying that that's what our founding founders wanted, this is where we're going to go. This, I guess this is a step in the right direction if you're not going to deal with the real root cause of the problem, which is the gun. The facts said of this case, they, the jury made the right decision. Really? Yeah. Do you think it could come to Missouri and Illinois? I mean, could we see parents? Well, if process? you've got we had a case here at CVPA in, in, High School. In the circum, if the circumstances are like this, yes. Final thoughts are next. First, the stunning view of our city from Bomberito.com drone fox. Don't you love that pyramid atop the Civil Courts building? Looking archward, I poked my head out of the top of that building once. That's Michael Kelly. Well, two things are going to happen today. Number one, uh, the Chiefs are going to win, and Taylor Swift is going to get a lot of attention. <laughs> Most importantly, it's going to make the, a lot of those uh, people out there go crazy, and I'm thrilled that all those Taylor haters are going to be upset. Good for you, Taylor. Go on. Pick of the Chiefs, huh? He's a, he's yeah. a, well, he's at least right about Taylor. Let me tell you something. Taylor Swift is going to get a ring before the Kansas City Chiefs do. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers 27-14. And you know what? More people care about her getting the ring than they do about Gonna the Chiefs, probably. <laughs> I like it. Thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. Download the show or any segments. Just search the words Hancock and Kelly. Fox News Sunday is next. And remember, if it's Sunday in St. Louis, it's Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2. We'll see you next week. Go! Somebody. Somebody. <laughs>